Hey, this is Bannon Backus before the show. I hope that everyone is doing as well as can be expected and that you were able to have a good Christmas and happy holidays. It's been a while since I've had time to record a pre-show message, so I wanted to be sure to do that. Not only to wish everyone well and check in with you, but also to let you know that when you don't get notified next Monday about a new episode of The Gone Show being available, you don't think that I've turned my back on everyone and run into the woods screaming. And make no mistake, embodying an urban legend in the woods is always in the cards for me. But that won't be the case this time. But as they say at the nightclubs, seriously folks, before the Gone Show begins its third season, it'll be on a bit of a hiatus so that I can take some time to focus on some work for our network, BoomTube. And I'm excited about it because a lot of that work is going to involve producing other shows for the network. And I'll be keeping everyone updated on that, so be sure to follow BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B, on Facebook and Instagram, as well as the website itself, BoomTube.com. And like I said, I'm really excited. We've got some great new shows in store, but make no mistake, The Gone Show will be back. As I'm sure you can relate to, it's just a matter of there not being enough hours in the day to do so many things at once. So stay tuned for updates on new shows here on BoomTube. Uh, Keep your eyes open for the third season of The Gone Show. And if you're looking for a late Christmas gift for little old me, be sure to rate and review The Gone Show on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. And as always, thank you so much for listening to and supporting the show. And enjoy the season finale. Thanks again. Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. Tonight, computers might not care what time it is, but we sure do. That's right, we're going to be talking about Y2K. And now, joining the world and beyond from the Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of the Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Good evening, and thanks for joining us for the Gone Show. Here with me in the studio tonight are Jay Stewart, John Mad Jack Mitten, and Stanislaw Kapustin. Jay is a brain in a jar. Good evening. John passed away in the United Kingdom in the first half of the 19th century and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache. Hello. And Stanislaw is a cosmonaut. On behalf of Mother Russia and myself, it is good to be here. Well, it seems like all that we have anymore are special episodes. We recently celebrated our 50th episode. We had our first gift exchange last week. And tonight we're celebrating our second season finale. Congratulations. There's a great deal to be thankful for. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. However, tonight is even a bit more special because after tonight, the show is going to be on a brief hiatus before we return for our third season. Hiatus? 
What in the name of Earl Grey are you talking about? John, don't even. I discussed this with all of the guests months ago. This is an announcement for listeners. Well, this is news to me. Stanislaw Kapustin remembers you being at the meeting, John. If I remember correctly, you let loose with a string of profanity and licked all of the food that had been catered for lunch. Yes, you do remember correctly, Stanislaw. Vulgarity? The licking of a catered lunch? Forgive me, but that sounds nothing like John Mad Jack Mitten. Regardless, since this is the first time hearing of it, what's the meaning of this hiatus? Before our third season, I just need to take some time to work on some other podcasting business. That's all. I don't have the time to do it while I produce this show, too. Then why not simply have me produce the show? Ha! You've gotta be out of your fucking mind. A simple new would have sufficed, even though I'll miss not being here next week, the need to address other areas of your business is entirely understandable. Yes, Stanislaw Kapustin is a proponent of regular maintenance. Well, it all seems like a slap in the face to me. Oh, if only you had a face to slap. Okay, now that things have been sufficiently derailed by the ravings of a dead madman, let's get to tonight's topic, which I think is especially appropriate right before New Year, and that is Y2K. And what, pray tell, is Y2K? Or did you already explain that during a secret closed-door meeting, too? Oh man, you really are pushing it tonight, aren't you? So, as I was about to explain, for those who might not be familiar, Y2K refers to the actual and expected effects of the beginning of the year 2000 on many computer programs, as well as everything that resulted from those issues and expectations. Oh yes, I'd forgotten about that, even though it was such a big issue at the time. Right, because I lived through it too. At one point, it was all that anyone talked about, and now... I guess that's sort of how history works, though. You stop talking about something and just go on living with the consequences. That is very true. So, to go into a bit more detail, Y2K came about because many of the computer programs in use at the time only used two digits to represent the year portion of a date. So, for example, programs like that would represent 1999 as just 99. As a result, such programs would incorrectly recognize the year 2000 as the year 1900, and thus the problem. What a difference a century makes. It turns out Stanislaw Kapustin was the unfortunate victim of a Y2K practical joke. What happened? Shortly after New Year 2000, Stanislaw Kapustin was returning to Earth, having tested an experimental high-velocity spacecraft 
And exactly how fast was it? Classified. Yes, I knew. Before landing, Stanislaw Kapustin noticed that the spacecraft's chronometer, in displaying the current time, displayed the year 1900, which, because of Y2K, was not entirely unexpected. Okay, so you were ready for the possibility of some malfunctioning. Yes, but after landing the spacecraft, and not being able to raise anyone on the radio, and not seeing any vehicles to meet me, Stanislaw Kapustin began to wonder. And you usually land in remote parts of the country, right? Just in case something goes wrong? Correct. And as more and more time went by without any kind of contact, Stanislaw Kapustin began to feel more and more isolated. That is, until I heard the galloping. Galloping? Yes, a group of men dressed in century-old military uniforms rode up to me on horseback. They began to question me, and then one of them made reference to Emperor Nicholas II, after which I asked them what year it was. And, when they had finished laughing, one of them told me it was January 1st, 1900. So you thought that you had somehow traveled back in time. It became clear to Stanislaw Kapustin that the experimental velocities I had achieved with the spacecraft had resulted in some sort of time warp. Oh no! That is until they all started laughing again, and told me that they were a group of actors, and that everyone back at Baikonur Cosmodrome had decided to play a little joke on Stanislaw Kapustin. As far as jokes go, that was a pretty devious one. It ended well enough. When I got back to the Cosmodrome, there was a New Year's party there waiting for me. And Stanislaw Kapustin ended up dancing the night away. But everyone still talks about that joke. Yeah, that's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be able to pull off something like that. Well, at least it sounds like all of you are able to have some fun at work. Yes, all work and new play. Make a dull boy a Bolshevik. All right, before we talk some more about Y2K, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. In today's world, getting to sleep can be difficult. And that's especially true for the millions of Americans who suffer from secure sleeplessness, also known as safe and sound insomnia. But now, there's hope with Alarming Lullaby. If feelings of safety and security are preventing you from getting a good night's sleep, you may suffer from the sleep condition known as secure sleeplessness. And until now, the only way to combat this condition was to introduce real danger into your life. But with Alarming Lullaby, exposing yourself and your family to danger so that you can get some sleep is no longer necessary. Developed by a doctor who suffers from safe and sound insomnia, Alarming Lullaby is a series of high quality recordings, laboratory tested, and proven to promote sleep in those who suffer from secure sleeplessness. When you go to bed, simply play the alarming lullaby audio through earbuds or a speaker, and let recordings like this lull you into a good night's sleep. I'm going to break your kneecaps and set your house on fire. I'm going to cut open your stomach and tie your insides to a ceiling fan. 
I'm going to key your car. End the waking horror of safety and security. Visit the website Alarming Lullaby today and purchase your first six hours of recordings for the low introductory price of just $49.95. Sleep like the dead tonight with Alarming Lullaby. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Here with me tonight are Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Stanislaw Kapustin. And we've been talking about Y2K. So we've already talked about the underlying issue responsible for Y2K, but in doing my due diligence, I learned that another issue with the year 2000 was that some computer programs didn't recognize 2000 as a leap year, because apparently some computer programmers didn't realize that because 2000 is wholly divisible by 400, it's a leap year. The rule of thumb is that any year wholly divisible by 100 is not a leap year, but there's an exception to that rule if the year is wholly divisible by 400. Well, isn't that interesting? Yes, if you're the sort who wears glasses. Now, it should probably come as no surprise that the decision to use two digits to represent a year instead of four had come down to money. At one time, the additional storage of those two digits on a computer was relatively expensive, so companies went with the workaround. Budgeting can be a frightening thing, especially where manned spacecraft are concerned. In preparing for the show, another surprising thing that I learned is that a man by the name of... Bob Bemmer, who was integral in creating the American Standard Code for Information Interchange, which is the programming language that brought about pretty much everything we think of when we think of computers today, began publicly warning everyone about Y2K way back in 1971. Unfortunately, despite him being one of the greatest experts in his field, his warnings fell on the deaf ears of governments and businesses for decades. It must be extraordinarily aggravating for experts to have their wisdom dismissed out of hand. Ew, it is. And what exactly are you an expert in, John? Well, I would tell you, but I knew it would just fall on deaf ears. Hence the aforementioned aggravation. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, leading up to the year 2000, there was ample accommodation for panic. For example, in... January of 1999, the cover of Time magazine read, The End of the World... In November of that year, NBC aired a made-for-TV movie entitled Y2K, all about disasters arising from, you guessed it, Y2K, and the list goes on. It's estimated that in America alone, approximately $122 billion was spent fixing the Y2K problem, and fortunately, in the end, nothing even close to a made-for-TV movie disaster happened. Yes, in the end, it was all quite underwhelming, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and today we're left with a bit of a chicken or the egg type question. We don't know exactly how big of a problem Y2K would have caused if it hadn't been addressed, because it was addressed. Uh, Fortunately, we're able to just wonder about it. Exactly. Stine slow kapustin agrees. It was much more fun to think about being involved in a time warp than it was thinking that I had actually been involved in one. All right, well, that just about does it for tonight and for this season. And I'm forcing myself to remember that we're only taking a hiatus and that we'll be back. But I'm really going to miss seeing everyone every week for a while. Imagine how I feel having been blindsided by this bombshell. Well, almost everyone. Stanislaw Kapustin is already looking forward to season three. Uh, it will be difficult not seeing everyone for a while, but I'm sure we'll be back before you know it, and it will make seeing everyone even more special than it already is. Well, I can't say it any better than that, so I'll just add to my guests and listeners, thank you for two great seasons. Like Stanislaw said, I can't wait to see you back here for our third season. So until next time, good evening and good gone. The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show was a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.